Fuck kite tangi a te kori mako Ko rero flowing at the hooker force Ko papa relevant, ko papa out of bounds Ko papa exigent, ko papa paramount Na ko na whakapiri mai kite Ko papa tino whakahira hira Whakarongo pi kari kari mai Hare hare mai, o taringa hare hare mai We gotta gather up close everybody Gather up close everybody Kani kani move that body Kani kani move that body Enga kaka wahanui, enga kaka haitara, uh, enga kaka kura, tēnā koutou katoa. Here we are again, broadcasting from Te Ipurau, Te Wānanga o Te Aroa, uh, Praone Gloin, and my good friends, Hariru Roa, Te Pua Heiri Snowden, and Pakake Winniata. I forgot to mention too, Pakake, that you're Timu. Tēnā koe nau mai. We're here in this instalment of Taringa, and we're back at Kupu Kupu Kupu. So a kaupapa to do with te reo Māori, uh, even though we have te reo Māori right through every podcast. Uh, we are not, this is going to be focused on something to do with te reo Māori. And we thought a good kaupapa would be the umbrella expression, which was composed or thought of by Dr. Farehuya Moroi, is tu whitia te hopo. Tu whitia te hopo. And Parake can offer a translation. Uh. It's basically um, feel the fear and do it anyway. It's, it's about transcending or crossing over your fears. Yeah, kāpai. I like the, nah, get over it. Yeah, and we're applying this saying to Fitziatehopo to learning te reo Māori. And we're going to talk about some of the taupā or barriers Challenges. Challenges. Yeah, that we've faced and that we as speakers of te reo hear from people that are learning te reo. So, kuna tata te kaupapa kōrero. And I think it's a good kaupapa because I know a lot of you, our listeners, are learning te reo Māori or started on your te reo journey. Even some of us here are fluent speakers of te reo Māori. There are times when we do feel like that. You may think that we don't, but mm. we do. And that's also going to be our, usually we have a kiwaha o te wiki, but that's going to be our kianga o te wiki, uh, an expression that you can use to fiti a te hopo. So um, who wants to start the ball rolling on this kaupapa? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to, I'll start, I'll start. I'm going to start because recently I've been to two conferences, symposiums, and there were two different speakers in these hui, and their kōrero was on whakamā, so being ashamed to speak Māori, or being made to feel whakamā when they speak te reo Māori, and their presentations were about how we should be encouraging people, you know, and even if they get it wrong, you shouldn't belittle somebody for getting it wrong, and a lot of it was to do with it's, it's what you say, that's how you say, not what you say. So yeah, I wanted to talk about one of my experiences with whakamā, and I'm not going to mention the person's name. And quite quite funny because I think Pakeke might share his and we saw that it's the <laughs> same person. But um, years ago, I was brought up, I didn't go to Kohanga Reo. The reo I heard spoken was from my kuia, my auntie and my mum when she was having a few wines. <laughs> so she said she couldn't speak Māori, my mum. But when she had a few wines, rere ana te reo, no sweat. And of course at the pa or the marae, that's where I was exposed to te reo most. Didn't even know what a kohanga reo was until I got a bit older. But anyway, the school I went to, we used to have a teacher come around. And on this one particular occasion, we, we had to say how many buttons we had on our shirt. And we've been taught to count in te reo. 
and we'd say if you had three buttons you'd say e toru or efa or whatever and if you didn't have any buttons on your suit we were told to say it's just cow when it got to me my cow came out as cow i'm not laughing i'm not <laughs> laughing well i can laugh about it now but even as i talk about this i can see this boy saying and as soon as i said it i knew i'd see it wrong and i must have been in the i might have been in the 7 or 8 i was very young anyway I was at primary and of course everybody in the class laughed at me and even the teacher laughed at me karoha <laughs> but the thing was instead of and my my reaction was very different to some people say so some people might have cowered or ran out crying or whatever i actually got really really angry <laughs> it made me really really angry and i said to myself nobody is going to laugh at me again except for hariri <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for hariri hariri is later <laughs> yeah, nobody will laugh at me again uh, in regards to terio mari say so, but i remember feeling fucking mad or but the Uh, and then getting really really angry and then i think i used i channeled that anger and i put my utmost into learning tereo so i know a lot of people they're very very fakama they've had something happen in their journey of learning tereo maori and it's put them right off altogether uh and it could be a person it could be all sorts of things so that's an experience i wanted to share with everybody because people will be thinking prone getting fakama prone nah but yeah I was for a couple of seconds and then it turned into anger <laughs> I think I was about six seven yeah I was very very young very very young yeah Jesus we might as well shared the same story because I had a very similar experience soon after we came back from Canada and we had uh, of course couldn't speak any Maori I think I could sing hi to my and do kamate but that was it went for a bit of a trip to the beach on the weekend next day monday get asked to get up in front of the class and say what you did on the weekend so i got up and uh, when i got to my turn i said well, i me and my family went to o hope o hope o hope as far as i was concerned that's how you said it o hope you know and didn't know how to speak maori or anything like that well all the kids started laughing the teacher was laughing so hard that she actually sort of stumbled off her chair she's laughing so hard and very similar to you you know i stood there totally humiliated and then swore to myself that one day i'd be able to speak maori better than all you buggers and you too you whenever i get a bit tired and a bit hoa you know i just think back to that mm-hmm. moment when i was nine i suppose i think it was seven, eight or nine years old in uh, primary school and we used to talk about with the huidu makina at home that there were you know Yeah. Can you translate that please for oh. our listeners? <laughs> Sorry. But just we used to say when we were younger, you know, there was a Kokomatu or Kuroa used to talk about that there was a mountain. I suppose the mountain is called Tedel Maori, but at the summit is the uh, the prize. But at the base of this mountain there's two caves which are occupied by two Tanifa. One's name is embarrassment, fear, shame. Ah, Fakama. And the other Tanifa's name is Mangere, which is laziness, not staying focused. 
and that in order to reach the, the summit of that mountain, you need to dispose of those two tanifa first. Karo Wahiri, have you encountered those two tanifa? Oh, very. Did you grapple with all them? All the time. Did you slay all the time them? When the, when the dishes need to be done. <laughs> only, I can only speak from my own experiences, was, so in my family, only one native speaker, that was my grandmother. And you'd only hear her speaking when they're conversing with her, her cousins or, you know, her reanga. It was something we never really listened to a lot. And then um, I was sent away to boarding school and it was quite a culture shock for me because growing up urban Māori, it wasn't cool. It was cooler to be this and that and everything else but. And then I was sent to boarding school and it was a major shock for me. And I remember, and me and my friends talk about it now, good friends, I couldn't I couldn't pronounce their Māori names. Mm. And so they said, oh, just call me by their Pākehā name. And I had to call them by that. And now I was proud enough to honour them through mihi as I got older through Te Reo Māori. But it was a massive culture shock. I think I was, I was probably oblivious or ignorant to the shyness at the time because I just went at it because I was like, man, it was like you haven't eaten ice cream and then the first time you eat ice cream, you're 13 years old, you want to eat ice cream every day. That's the type of thing I remember mm. and really taking to it. And then we had some really good people there at the time, our teachers, they were they were our first iho pumanoa. What school? I was at St. Stephen's and Two Little Flavor was our principal at the time. We had some people like Pierre Linden, Wudamu Doherty, so some really great male Māori role models at the time. So, yeah, that was my, my introduction into Te Reo Māori. And from then on, it's been an up and down journey. And still, every now and then, I get shy. I get shy only because I want to get it right. And I guess, and this is my personal opinion, my personal, uh, my expectations of myself to be better and better all the time. I think the thing about Whakamaa too, I don't think you ever fully get mm. past it or over it. I mean, I find even today that I start to stutter in front of Timothy. Mm. And sometimes it takes me like five minutes to click into what he's saying. He's going, didn't catch that. <laughs> it's a bit like, you know, that saying, mm. well, I think to because it, it keeps you from getting too full of yourself yep. when you're speaking, you, you, as you were saying, you know, you want to get it right. So you don't think, oh, well, how to take a mic away and more here while there will be people, yep. you know? And so it's in order not to feel that whakama, you tread carefully. Yeah. Mm. Two so, fits at the hopo. Yeah. Tēla, two fits at the hopo. And I think those who are learning, who might be listening, you know, who think, oh, what, when am I ever going to get over this whakama? Well, you might not. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it actually ends up being something that helps to drive you to get it right. So you can't be criticised. Mm. Yeah, and I read somewhere that fear is a good indication of what you should do. It should more or less be an encouragement of what you should do. Yes, it's an indication that that's not good to do, but if you get whakama about something, it's actually your own expectations on yourself. So deal with it. Easier said than done. But instead of being shy about what you haven't achieved is to look back and go, well, not doing too bad. I think I can keep trudging on you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think fear, fear and whakama is something that you have to work through mm. and it becomes a process and you see that with Prawne and Pakaki, you both work through that process because you had an end goal that triggered <laughs> an yeah. end goal where you just wanted to be yeah, there shit, and then it. laugh <laughs> at them as, <laughs> instead of being laughed at. Not that I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think, like, for myself, because I, I grew up in Te Reo Māori, so that was my first language, but I have similar experiences with Reo Pākehā. Yeah. I mean, I still have memories of looking up at, and might have been about four or five, and looking up at adults speaking to me, and all I can hear is, wah, 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 wah. Do you remember the Charlie Brown? <laughs> it sounded like the Charlie Brown teacher, and, and, all, and I'm just looking at them, and then I just go about my business, and next minute I'm getting a growling, because... I ended up doing what they were telling me not to do, but I just didn't know. <laughs> so there was all those sorts of fear that I started experiencing too at a young age. But again, it made me really want to get really good at English. And so growing up after Kura Kaupapa going to a main street, oh, I went to Wikitoria that has an ahuatanga Māori with it, but it was still a, a mainstream school and I just became a bookworm because I wanted to improve my English vocabulary and my sentence structuring in Te Reo Pākehā so that I wouldn't be whakamā to speak. Mm. So no matter what the language is, eh, there's always those sorts of barriers that come with it. On the learning of language, that's one reason why I like travelling to foreign countries mm. because it reminds me of what people are going through on their te reo journey and it sort of humbles me in a sense. So the first foreign speaking, well, they're not foreign, it's foreign to us, but that's their real. So I guess I'm the foreigner. Um, we went to France and it was the first country I'd been to. Oh no, Tahiti was the same, but there was more English-speaking people in Tahiti. When we went to France, Nahuya learnt some French, but I didn't. But I had learnt some little bit of Italian before we went to Italy. But anyway, when we were in France, it started raining. And because Nahuya, whenever we went in a shop, I'd get her to ask for what we wanted because she'd learnt how to say it and she learnt some phrases and stuff. And we were walking down the street and it started pouring with rain. And um, plenty of the shops over there sell these little umbrellas. So I said, oh, you know, haere te tiki hamarere, go in there and get us an umbrella. And she said, no, me haere kui. Because I hadn't tried any of my French yet. Mm. And she wouldn't, she refused. And for us to get to A to B, we were walking, we needed an umbrella. So I was like, right, we're in the street. And I knew what I had to say, but I had to get her to say it back to me again. And I was repeating it and repeating it. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm all good. And then I went into the shop, saw the lady, and I just froze. <laughs> and then I went to say it, and I don't know even what came out. <laughs> <laughs> But the lady smiled and I could see this acknowledgement on her face that she was happy that I gave it a go. Yeah. Whatever language came out of my mouth, God knows what I said to her. And she says to me, she like an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh man, that's what people go through when they're learning te reo. They might learn this one sentence and it gets to the time to try it out and you just freeze, you know. And um, it's been a couple of times I've told that story, you know, and... <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I've always wanted to learn another language because even with English, that was still absorbed. I didn't learn it formally. Yep. As a kayako reo Māori, you know, it's important to understand how it is learning a second language. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> how was your reo Pākehā absorbed? Just TV and... TV, friends, whānau. Because yep. outside of my immediate family yep. was reo Pākehā. So the immersion yeah. was enough? Only because I, I asked this from a point of view where people have their insecurities about sending their kids through kohanga and kura kaupapa. We mm. may be very enough about it. And I'm of the idea that it's immersed enough yeah. to do Pākehā. Their favourite songs might be, their favourite movies will be, hopefully not by the time ours go, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When we did the um, Te Reo Māori claim to the tribunal, there was lots of evidence there that said 
that literally today you cannot reach adulthood in New Zealand without learning English. Yeah. It is yeah. not possible. So, mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of having gone through kōhanga with our kids and setting up our kura and otaki, you're constantly dealing with that issue of parents. So there are two kura Māori, kura iwi and kura kaupapa in otaki. And between them, they have about 250 kids. And the college in Otaki has 450 Māori kids. Mm. Mm. You know, so despite all of that happening in Otaki, you still have the majority of Māori parents sending their kids to the college. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about, I'll go back, it's about faith. It's about believing yeah. that, mm. that we actually have the solutions to our educational needs. But having said that, one of the things that I have, was worried about when I was the chair of our whānau group at the Kura, was some of the, well, I think, pretty draconian methods that are being used to get the kids to speak Māori. Right. And one of the things I was worried about at that time was that our kids haven't had to fight for the deal. Mm. So they don't have that natural sort of affinity to want to yeah. speak it as much as they can, yeah. as, as much a cultural as political statement, you know, mm. about things. Yeah. And what worried me was that the more we kind of, you know, whip and cajole and harass our kids to speak Māori, when they get to be adults and make the decision themselves, are they going to turn their back on it? Because mm. mm. all they associate with speaking te reo is being bullied, pushed, penalised, punished mm. for not speaking a day. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's one of the things we have to sort be of... mindful of. <clears throat> mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when you came to our place, Parani, and a couple of years ago, and you and Ahui were there for a couple of three days, that's the most Māori those kids might have spoken in that house because mm. they recognised that these two had arrived and they were going to only speak Māori, so they just switched. Yep. And yeah. what was te reo Māori only in the kura now was extended to our house because Parani and Ahui were there. You know, and as soon as you left, boom, back to English again. And bug me if I could get them to carry on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I, I liken that to Kahurangi um, <coughs> Maxwell's master's, Kia She talks about language association and we have people that we associate with language. Yeah. So there's only people where you, there's an expectation of yourself or them to only speak to deal with. And I like doing that because it challenges me. Like, here comes, you know, Karamaya Praone, recorded all Māori. I can try out a new, this new um, sentence structure. Was it in her research or some somewhere else? Or it might have been you, Prani, that had said at one stage that when you meet a new person, whatever language you first speak together is going to be the yeah. main language that yeah. you tend to converse in. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's like you see that with the Kohanga kids, you know, that um, like with my kids, the older kids, when they any of their younger cousins, any of them arrive at home mm. who had Kohanga, they just speak Māori to them, eh? Yeah. Because they yeah. know those kids are stronger in Tereo, so they won't speak English, they'll speak mm. Māori to those kids. I, think, mm. I need to have more Kohanga kids visiting and more Parauri and yeah. visiting <laughs> yeah. to get my kids to talk Māori at home. The other way is to saturate the internet with real Māori and then all our kids will just absorb it because my kids don't even watch TV, they just YouTube all the yeah. way and they've learned how to read and write in English through that, not even through kura or anything because yeah. they don't learn it at kura anyway. Mm. They can read and write. My seven-year-old can read and write English better than her Māori and yet she goes to a kura of Māori mm. through the internet, through her iPad. <laughs> Kia ora apro. <laughs> Kia ora <laughs> Yeah. So you know that D, hey, D Shasha is doing some research for us now, Rangahe for us now, mm. on the, the obstacles or barriers to learning te reo, mm. and is interviewing a lot of our tawira, and Fagaba is one of the big ones, obviously. But then there are other issues too around 
attitude. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, if you grow up in a house where the attitude was still, why learn te reo Māori? That's not going to put bread and butter on your table. Mm. You know, where you have those sort of prevailing attitudes, mm. the uh, diminishing of the status, you know, of te reo and stuff like that. And some of the issues around the quality of the kayako, mm. you know, there's a whole lot of things coming out, so that'll come out later on this year. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely all sorts of layers, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. You yeah. know, is just not one, that's just one layer of it, mm. but contributes to the person feeling like that and to their attitude towards the language. Yep. Yeah. Even yeah. speakers of Māori mm. have, can have, there's all sorts of different layers within different speakers of yeah. Reo Māori. Yeah. I mean, I think in my observations anyway, growing up and even with myself and my family, speaking Māori was just functional. So there was a time when it didn't even matter whether it was grammatical, but as long as the message was conveyed and whoever I was speaking to was understanding me, which was very rare growing <laughs> up, it was a little celebration in itself. And so I never focused on whether or not my deal was grammatically correct because it was just about speaking and communicating. Mm-hmm. And then my older sister, Okura, and I just noticed that those who are second language speakers are really... What's the word? What's the word other than anal about? <laughs> Pedantic. Pedantic about, about grammar and yeah. whakatakoto and the right kapu for the right context and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah. I, I totally get that because I'd speak to, say, my friends that are native speakers or my komato and kuya back home or the locals. They have a funny attitude towards that as well. I noticed was they were like, oh, I heard the analogy, I'm just a bird, I've just learned to fly. And they're like, eh, this flying thing's no thing to me. I've been flying ever since I come out the egg. So they have a different attitude towards Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 For our listeners, what are some tips to help other than just encourage them to, what are some tips or some Immerse yourself in as much as you can and it's not going to be everywhere so you have to find it. Listen to, um, I like listening to interviews, wakahuya interviews mm. and when they get a chance to see subtitles and you you look at it and try and dissect it all, like okay, how did, the, how did he say that or how did she say this? But finding whatever you can and not relying on it because it's not going to come easy, nothing ever does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And just enjoy it mostly. Yeah. Not don't be too hard on yourself, but give yourself standards. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good one. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Because yeah. yeah. we are our we we are our worst enemies. Worst yeah. enemies, mm. worst critics. Yeah, because yeah. I wonder too, like for those people who are who are on a bit of a journey of self discovery, yeah, learning yeah. Tere was more about their identity and yeah. finding that. So there's a whole lot of different layers there. But I think in that sense too, you really need to think about what it is that you or who it is maybe that you think you're going to be when you are a Māori yeah. speaker. Because <laughs> unless you sort of figure that out, you may not ever hit the mark that you're aiming for. Yeah, or well, you might not find it, especially how they talk about a reclaiming. Yeah. Some people want to reclaim it. And we interviewed Jenny May Coffin about her deal, her deal journey when we did our Papa Reo program interviews. Well, our home-based programs, Papa Reo. We taught her. We taught her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I <laughs> <laughs> and she spoke of um, her struggles, but how she saw non-Māori learners pick it up real well because they don't have a gripe or a history about yeah. it. And so yeah. to them it was just a language and they were really enjoying it. So it'd be really cool if you could let that nowhere go and yeah. learn it. Easier said than done, but yeah. I think one of the things too is that now there is so many avenues for learning to do, you know, that you can 
Come to Te Wānanga Aotearoa and learn Te Reo Māori and take it right through to Panakiritanga. Absolutely. You know, level, if you wanted to, to do that, Te Atarangi, there's, there's lots of online programs yeah. now for learning the Reo. You just have to fit you that hopo. Fitty that You jump in there, you jump in there, and then I think once you're in there, then I think enjoying it is yeah. try to enjoy it and find a way to learn vocab. Yeah. A way that works for you. I always use flashcards to learn vocab. Mm. On one side, the English translation on the other, you know, shuffling them, English to Māori, Māori to English. You can take 10 cards in the morning and learn it during the day while you're waiting for the bus or waiting for that call or whatever. You know, you could probably teach, you know, 80% of the structures of the deal in a weekend or whole, mm. but they're of absolutely no use to you if you don't have the vocab yeah. mm. to utilise them. So, mm. and my understanding is you need to have a minimum of three and a half thousand, I'm hardly doing correctly if I'm wrong here, but at a minimum of three and a half thousand words in a language to be fluent. Mm-hmm. Minimum three and a half thousand. As soon as you said that, I started counting in my And so you just, you know, and you just find a way to learn those vocab. Because, mm. I mean, just as Hariri was saying before, sometimes just, you know, sort of saying, you know, you know, that sends enough of a signal now to everyone here, I've had enough. Mm. You know, I want to have a rest or something. And then you start using that word and the different structures and you're away. Mm. But you need the words. You need yeah. the kapu. Whakaaro hariru, hei, whakakipakipa i te hunga. Yeah, well, pānui, pānui. To build my English vocab, I just read a lot of novels. Um, unfortunately, we don't have many in Māori. I think we may have three. Not many, no. The yeah, Bible. three actual the novels. Bible. The Bible, the Māori newspapers, Tauho, mm. and even... Kids books, there's heaps of kids yeah. books in Māori and there's, yeah. he- there's heaps you can learn from those. Yeah, yeah. some and I'm like... And there's no it? shame in yeah. reading... Yeah, yeah, and even like, yeah. There's no shame in reading kids books. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah. yeah. And just read them to your kids, which yeah. would be even better. I read them and my daughter's just been asleep at an hour and I'm going, oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, you know, pra- you know, you need to surround yourself with positive people. Yeah. As one I'd like to put out there, so if you're learning te reo Māori, it's very hard if you haven't got anybody to use your te reo Māori with. Yep. You know, yep. you need to mm-hmm. practice your reo. And if you're not exposing yourself to enough situations where you can use te reo, when you get to that time, you know, because you haven't used the reo, you may have written it, you may have read it, you may know the grammar, but getting it to come out of the mind and out of the mouth is two different things and mm-hmm. the flow of the language and all those sorts of things. Surround yourself with speakers and those that are willing to engage with you. And, you know, just while I'm speaking about that, I just want to bring up quickly, you know, Aoife Finn that we brought over from Ireland, mm. who learned Te Reo Māori by herself, watching stuff on the internet off Māori TV. And she was very, very good at writing. And Aoife might even be listening to this. Kia ora, Aoife, ngā mihi nui koe. And she was very good at writing Te Reo. But when it came to speaking, because she hadn't conversed with anybody, that's where she sort of, you know, she got very, she got nervous. Mm. And then, of course, we brought her over here. And then recently we went to Ireland and I said to Nahui, I went, right, I'm going to be harder on Aoife. I'm not going to give her so much time to process what I'm saying. And I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, talk to her how I'd speak to <coughs> one of us. Yeah, and the poor thing's like, uh, 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 as I'm speaking to you, and I'm like, come on, Ifa, kua, 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 tai tau kia kahakue. And I was like, oh, jeez, you're hard on that. But it sort of like gave her a bit more of a, 
<laughs> you know, and but that's what she did. I mean, she chucked herself in a group of Panakiritanga graduates. She came around with us for a few days yeah. and everybody's speaking Māori to her. So you got to surround yourself with positive people that are going to engage with you and they're going to help you. You know that there's some negative people out there. Don't go to those people. Don't be yeah. with those people. But yeah. there'll come to a time when you'll be confident enough or, you know, you'll have the attitude of, I don't care what you say. You know, I'm, yeah. I know I'm getting it wrong, but yeah, you'll get to that point. But it's not going to, things like that don't happen overnight. Yeah. Do we want to add all hamuti to our kiwaha list? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good one for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, or hamuti. <laughs> yes, maybe we leave that there for you to rangahau. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so definitely immerse yourself. Vocab is a big one. Te pānui, ne? Surrounding yourself with the right people. Those are all ways to uplift not only your attitude towards the real, but your attitude towards yourself. Yeah. Ne? And self-belief. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, koena, koena e tehi kōrero. Hmm. E kōrero anō. And roll into Wānanga Aotearoa, te reo Māori. Ah, te kia. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, so many programs within Te Wānanga Aotearoa, from, right down from level one, right up to level... I don't even know what that level is. That is Ongarangi Tuhaha, Te Panakiritanga. Amotereo. I just want to touch on the grammar thing that Haridu sort of spoke about. There was a time when I was very, very, not strict, but it used to get to me when I used to hear people. And it wasn't so much the learners. What gets me are speakers that have been speaking for a long time and they should know. Yep. And I think that's two different kettles of fish. So someone that's learning, I haven't got a problem with them, you know, that they make a hapa here and there. But someone who's been speaking te reo Māori for a very, very long time, I think should be a role model to those that are learning. They're role modelling the language, so we're all role models. And that's when I do get a bit hoha when I hear people, but at the same time, Someone who's into grammar, that's another kettle of fish. They're another person, man. Yeah. The grammar kings, man. Grammar is really a science. Yeah. Apparently, if you're into grammar, you're good at maths. <laughs> well, I'm not good at maths. <laughs> um, you know, when I teach and people ask me, they'll say, how come that's like that? And I go, because it is. Yeah. It's a magical. Yeah. Because they're all Māori, didn't but you know not everyone's a linguist mm. I guess is mm. what I'm trying to say but definitely make the effort to speak quality language and even when people say to me well my queer doesn't speak like that and I go well we don't speak like how we speak now when we're in Hawaii yeah, yeah. or 100 yeah. or 200 yeah. years ago yeah. so you you know don't get too hung up on the grammar but you need to learn yeah. and the foundation of the language that will be there to guide you yeah, and will form a strong foundation for your fare kōrero to, to stand on. Yeah, and, and if, if you have a strong foundation and a good command of the language, then you can experiment with it. Mm. Yeah. And you can do those sorts of things. But yeah, those of us who have been speaking all our lives and still get our grammar wrong are being mangere. Yeah. <laughs> being mangere. Yeah, and I think it's important too to start expanding. Like this is me expanding so you can express yourself more elaborately Mm. So yeah, trying new sentence structures, especially the ones that I fear from, I just take them on, two fifty at the You get reminded, oh, they might not, it's not like that. Then you go away, learn it again. Yeah. It's like a tool, we keep sharpening it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it gets blunt. Definitely, or rusty. <laughs> yeah. Rusty. <laughs> or cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's such a thing as, a, I mean, you know, the, We've just been talking about people who've been talking Māori for a long time or even native speakers, you know, who might have some grammatical 
I would say issues, not mm. necessarily errors, yeah. but issues. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you hear that go to Panikinatanga and you hear mere kōrerotia te reo is not a grammatically correct phrase, but you'll hear that a lot in Taranaki, the mere and the use of the, the passive. So I think there are some issues, perhaps, and sometimes I do think that, you know, there is like tire, all right? Mm. So at, at home, and, in, and I keep maintaining this, you know, you don't have to say kataya, eia, te waiata, you know, te kawe, you know, that, but at home we will say kataya, eia, te kawe i te waiata. Mm. And that's been there through the generations, right back to Tamati Adonapiti's writings to mm. George Gray, yep. Governor Gray. So sometimes I do think that with Te Reo, we are entombing it, maybe is the word, or whatever, making it so this, this are its borders and yeah. nothing else is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And you listen to native speakers, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, saying, using phrases that others might say are incorrect, but he kōrero tukuiho tērā, he reo tukuiho tērā. Mm. Right. So yeah. which is right. So I did say to Timothy, he did, he did argue that, you know, even that structure we're using, is, it's not correct. But then I hear Tawhanehuia using it that way. Mm. Language is colourful. Yeah, I look at, say, native speakers and the likes of Whareuia, Timuti, you know, masters of the language where they can manipulate it in a way where mm. to the learner it's wrong and so the learner should learn the, the right way first before going that far mm. like that. Oh, definitely. I yeah. think Timuti is a, a mad scientist and he likes to use these formulas that nobody, you know, I've said that he likes to bamboozle people. Yeah. <laughs> And Kanuita Aroha Kakoe Timoti. You know, even if you look at Timoti's writings from, say, the 70s up until now, you can see the evolution of mm. his language mm. and in his compositions. I think we need to also not, I mean, those of us who are anal, and I'm going to use anal now, <laughs> mm. about correctness of grammar and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, especially for those who are speakers anyway, it's deliberate. There's mm-hmm. sometimes deliberateness yeah. in in the way a sentence is structured and it's not actually saying what you're assuming it's saying, but because you assume that you just think, kohe, yeah, it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. But actually, you know, this person is saying something else if you actually think about it deeper. And if you knew that person, you would already know that actually, no, they don't mean that. They mean the other meaning. So just think about it before you pass judgment, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Or no, don't judge, judge at all, yeah. 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 For any learners mm. and they want to get into reading Te Reo Māori, what are some good ones to start with in terms of authors? Oh, I like Te Hei Koko. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Makorea. Makorea. I like reading that. And I like reading um, Kōrero Ahemi Pōtutau. And then there's that compilation Bruce Biggs put together. That's a good resource. Oh, What's yeah. that one? Uh, ngā tuhinga, tuhinga Reo Māori. It's a collection <coughs> of stories. I roto i Te Reo Māori. Yes, they've got stuff from Ngā Mahia, Ngā Tūpuna, and then there's all sorts. Oh. And one of my favourites is Ngā Kōrero Areweti Kōhere. Actually, at this conference I went to in Auckland, there was a lot of Kōrero about Areweti Kōhere. He was amazing, but it's not they didn't talk about him much. And he's got a, a collection of Kōrero that he done. Mm. I think Ngā Tai Orehua is the last novel that Te Hei Koko wrote, and that's all right. And these are fictional fictional stories? Or, yeah. Or, oh, that wow. one is. That yeah. particular one is. Wow. It's a bit... Mm. Fantasy like. Yeah, I like exposing myself to all sorts of, say, the Pakimairota novels and then reference and New Paper Māori. Mm. Yeah, I think you need to expose yourself to 
a range of writings. Yeah. 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 So you get out there, read heaps, watch heaps, listen to heaps. Another one is find your learning style. Obviously, not every teacher's going to cater to that, but you can cater to that yourself when you're doing your homework. Oh, that's another suggestion, actually. <laughs> Join a kapahaka group. <laughs> Join a haka group. You'll be absorbing real, most definitely, through kapahaka. Yep. And the misconception, a lot of people have, oh, I'm not fluent in that to go into a kapahaka group. Well, you'll find that you're, you're, yep. there's a lot of people on the same page as you. I think I knew it then, uh, so kia kia koutou and tu fiti a te hopo. Tu fiti a te hopo. Tu fiti a te hopo. Minga, minga. I think you can pick a song off there. Te tei waiata. I'm going to go like this. Arohaina mai. Here you go, te iwi Arohaina mai, composed. By twinning our way, Queneta Tata Wayata, Motine Wiki, and you think that too when you're learning Tiru Arohaina Mai. Ke a tātou, e, e karema a, i tēnei kōrero a tātou O tira ke a koutou a e nā kaiwhakarongo Te motu o tira o te ao um, I've seen that we've got um, listeners in America And some in Europe And in the UK So tēnā koutou katoa E whakarongo maina That's us for this session And again just to finish off with our te kianga o te wiki Tu whitia, te hopo Tēnā tātou Fuck on my kit that me at the core my core flowing out the hook of force cope up a relevant cope up a out of bounds cope up a exigent cope up a paramount not gonna fuck up it in my kit cope up 
papati no fucka hira hira fucka romo pi kari kari mai hare hare mai o tari nga hare hare mai we gotta gather up close everybody gather up close everybody kani kani move that body kani kani move that body taringa he me atuku na te wananga o aotearoa to listen to more episodes search for us on your podcast app and subscribe taringa fakarongo mai <laughs>